0: social media that says you're not good enough, or clips of a video that says you're, you're terrible and X, Y, Z, and you're starting to believe these things if you, if you put too much attention
1: to it. Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the Gentleman's Atlas podcast, where we focus on giving you the tools and resources to become the hero of your story. I'm your host, Isaac, and today's honest and authentic conversation is exactly what you need to hear to live life on your terms. So without wasting any time, let's go ahead and get right into today's episode. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, gentlemen, to another episode on the Gentleman's Atlas podcast. Thank you all for tuning in today. Today is going to be a guest interview where I bring someone on where we can have a good conversation about self-improvement, about becoming the best version of ourselves. Today's guest is someone that One, not only do I think they can speak a lot about what they do as well as the person they've become, but there's someone that I think a lot of people might be able to relate to in the sense that sometimes we have obstacles, things that come our way, things that are difficult and things that are hard to overcome. But regardless of how we may feel or regardless how helpless a situation can seem, we can push through, we can persevere, and we can become exactly the person we were destined to be. So without further ado, let me bring on Thomas. Thomas, welcome to the show.
0: How's it going, mate? Nice little intro there. Enjoyed that.
1: Glad you did. So, Thomas, I think the best way to get started is to give a bit about your backstory, where you came from and where you are today.
0: Um, How long have you got, man? (laughs) Right, so essentially I was an ex-professional rugby player in in the UK. Um, Now, I was one of these guys who was always... I always had my finger in education and uh, sport at the same time. Unfortunately, my career came to an end pretty abruptly because of uh, injury. And it's basically the process that I've had to find my health through holistic processes over the last few years and uh, during COVID time and these these things that have... um, I started to develop my my company around uh, like a holistic performance coaching and then branches from that. But I'll go back to... The start basically. I'm an ex-professional rugby player from the UK, and um, I played at the the top level in um, rugby league. It's um, it was, it was it was a great time. I was I played professional for about about ten years until it all, like I said, came to an end due to a, a hip operation that went wrong. Um, and I've just recently, after five years of being in pain and being told by numerous surgeons and consultants that there was no way that I was ever going to get my hip back to to. To pain free ever again, or I was I was um, destined, they said, to to have to have a hip replacement at the age of 35. I'm thirty three now, and I've just had um, a hip arthroscopy and, and clearing out the bone that the the last surgery left. So it's um, it's been a massive improvement, and the reason that I've been able to do that is because of the techniques that I've developed over the last few years, and um, using different therapies and techniques. And I, I was driven to do that because. I was backed against the wall during COVID. No one wants to listen to my struggles, my pains, and because I was in agony. And they just said, "Oh, you play rugby. You've got. You're a bit depressed. You're a bit down. You've got a lot of stuff going on," um, which I'll probably get into in a bit. But the, the 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 consultant said to me that I had numerous health issues due to stress, which it wasn't. I had. Um, Inflammation in all my joints and my hip due to a bad a bad a, a bad injury, which which was exacerbated by an environmental change um, And all these factors they just basically fobbed me off and said look you, You're gonna have to get on this pain relief this medication and just deal with it and just get on with life But that was when I just said I can't I can't be doing this. I can't be just accepting my fate And um, yeah, I just decided that um, I needed to change I needed to change my ways and find out how to recover myself both physically become more get, get my fitness back but then also mentally and figure out what was going on because I, I had this issue called chronic inflammatory response syndrome which was like a gut, a gut issue it was a similar to like IBS and Crohn's disease but this was all tied into my environment the house I was in was uh I was living in a moldy house that I'm allergic to due to the the HLA DR gene that I don't I I, I have that basically makes me one of the 20% of the population in the in the US as well in the UK that um, suffer from this illness that is uh, kind of undiagnosed and causes inflammation throughout the body ie pain joint pain brain fog all these things so and doctors just didn't want to help me so I just had to discover a way to get myself out of this situation which I did and then on the back of it uh, and I, I've, I've developed my company Trafaletic Fitness where we do gut testing gut analysis blood tests and we do um, then different therapies, red light therapy, cold water therapy, and then we take people away on excursions and retreats and these things. So I developed this company around the fact that this was my process to finding my own wellness and healthness, health over the last five years. And then I just out of it was born this kind of project that I'm doing because it worked for me. So it's got to work for other people and I want to be able to help other people.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. I- it's, it's so interesting because every time I think about, you know, people that had something that's, like, big and people said, you know, it wasn't going to work or they were never going to be the same, every time that I've seen someone overcome it, they always have to have that belief, right? If you can't believe you have the ability to overcome it or if you can't believe or have that faith in yourself or in whatever's going on or in the practices, I feel like there's just nothing that's going to happen for you at that point. But the, but the great thing is when you're able to have – that ability to to think and to believe that, listen, I'm going to do what it takes to get right. And so moving on to what you're talking about now with the things you're doing now with the health benefits and the red light and whatever that, what do you do now that has, in your belief, helped you get um, back to where you want to be?
0: Um, just not taking no for answer. I know it sounds a bit cliche because like the you see people say, oh, just don't take no for answer. Just keep going, keep grinding, this, that, the other. And it's that, that kind of uh, that grind mentality, the kind of that's everywhere all over the internet, that the people push, like you know, get up and grind all day every day, kind of thing. But it was more like, not necessarily. It was, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was basically me just trying to research and not listen to what everyone was saying around me and just find a way because there was there was so many convoluted kind of theories that and studies I was reading that said like, um, especially with my hip pain, which was saying. Um, that you shouldn't move you should rest you should relax you should do stuff that was like kind of gonna just like make the joint a little bit less mobile but be in less pain but then other th- other studies were saying to move more and create more friction within the joint the, the joint will produce more synovial fluid and help like the, the the joint repair in a hole and it'll stop the joint from atrophying but then there's these two two sides, and then there was loads of studies and peer-reviewed journals on both sides of this this coin. So like, and this happens a lot in time in terms of when you're looking at a topic to to, to discover and to like to to delve into, you'll find because the way that like studies are curated, you 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 find that the company will either want to go down one route, usually to sell something, then go down the other route as well to 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 disprove something, and so it's never really it's never really as as, as clear-cut an argument. So me looking at these studies from both sides and from both angles and I I kind of thought like okay well no one really has a clue so why not just go for the the movement side of things because there was no it was no life for me to sit around after being a professional rugby player after being active all my life there was no life for me to sit in my, my house and just accept the suffering accept the consequences so yeah I just had to literally delve deep into research and then start to you know stack up all this research make sure that I was um training myself because I'm also, also a qualified coach in PT so I, I kind of I know I know how the muscle I know how the body works and I, and I kind of I've got a good understanding and I did a, a petroleum engineering degree so I've got like a good understanding of research and I've got a good knowledge database behind me so I kind of just thought I'll just take it into my own hands and just get up and get off, get off, get off my bum in, in a sense and just uh you know just try try anything and everything and I did and some things were didn't work obviously and some things did and the, the 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 holy grail was kind of coming in realizing i i had all these tests like i said blood tests gut tests stool samples i had loads of different tests and and after going to my doctors that time i had i had really bad ibs kind of symptoms and um i collapsed one day on the floor and my wife was like they're trying to pick me up i was like, what's going on i was like i just don't know and i went to the doctors and went into into the uh the A and they they just sat me down and did all these tests on me, and just let I was there for ten hours, and he just um said to me, they've tried everything, spoke to these consultants, and basically said to me, here's a pack of uh, antacids. You've got you've got chronic chronic gastritis, and they just pulled this coin pulled this out of the thinner and said, you've got chronic gastritis. And then another specialist came in and said, oh, you've got a history of gall disease in your family, your granddad, your nan, and so then uh, ten minutes later, I get okay, someone else followed me down the. Um, as i was almost leaving saying oh no come back in we'll do some more tests on your goal because you found fam- you got a family history we're going to try and maybe remove your goal at the time i was 29 i think and i was like this is just this is just preposterous why the why am i trying why am i getting my, my goal removed this is just like ridiculous and so I st- that's when i took matters into my own hand and i got all these tests and then from these tests there was um certain um pro-inflammatory pro-inflamm- kind of uh, markers that came back and from them i i sent it to a, another doctor who still who still said they're still within the range of normal and so i, I was like but i've never been allergic to anything in my life there's, there's, there's this marker coming up saying that i'm allergic to something and it, I, I assumed it was a food because of how i was feeling in my gut but I delved a bit deeper. I followed this track and I followed this line of um, research. Started to find out what this marker was. Researched into a bit more then found out that this was uh, from. You get this from an allergy. So then I started to think, what am I allergic to? Food. I I ruled everything out. Did an elimination diet, and then um, it so happened that I, I, I had black mold in a couple of spots of my my house. And then I started to delve into that category, got down a bit of a worm, <laughs> a rabbit hole, or a wormhole even, <laughs> and um, then it just ended up transpiring that I, I got a, a test for mold toxicity that, that came back that I had mold toxicity, then I got a test for the gene, and then it's, that came back that I had um, an, an allergic reaction to certain mold spores, um, and then once that came to fruition and realized, I, I then was easy to, well, not easy to treat, I had to leave my house. Um, I had to get a new house, and I had to uh, reduce my exposure to mould, which is which is really high in coffees, which is really high in beans, nuts, seeds, anything that's kind of stored together and can can generate uh, mould. So all these things, I realised that I was led to. So I got my family, we moved house, and then eight months later, after being in a new house near the beach in a dry environment, I I had no symptoms, and also. This ties into the fact that I had this hip pain during the time I was in this house. So this could have all been interrelated. Like I had this first operation that went wrong because I had hip pain, but it could have been interrelated to the fact that I'm allergic to this mold. So this is why I developed like kind of a holistic approach to health and fitness, because without knowing every single environmental factor that's going on within someone's life and doctors, yeah, the obviously the the great at what they do and they're, they're a great, uh, uh, you know, give, giving, prescriptions to people and like sorting out pain and whatnot but they don't got the time or the resources to follow people around and that's what I kind of I want to do and that's what I do with, with obviously people in my my team and stuff and we, we try to understand the person as best we can so that we can then facilitate them getting back to health healthy or baseline level is what we say we get them to baseline so then they you know okay, we, I am actually ill, or no, it was just an di- a, a, a environmental factor or a, a dietary kind of factor or a fitness factor. There's, 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 there's multiple reasons it could have been. But we get them to a baseline so that we know, we test them, the gut analysis, blood analysis, then they know exactly where they're coming from. And then if they're still feeling ill, then yes, let's go to a doctor or let's go to a specialist in that field because that's when I've you know, you know overstepped my uh, knowledge base then.
1: Yeah, there's, a, there's, you know, something I see within it that talks about, like, the tenacity and the stick to that you need in order to, to go on this path, to do this research, to find your solutions. But, you know, something else that sticks out is while you mentioned the example of, like, those two paths, right? You had the research of staying more still, staying more relaxed, comparative to, like, move more, be more active. I think even though we talked about your specific case, if you look at it on a broader scope and you apply it to other people's lives, it's like a lot of times we kind of have that path where we have to kind of, you know, choose if we're going to split right, split left. And I think a lot of us out of uncertainty, we just want both. We want, we want to have it both ways. And, you know, I think when we want those things where we're unable, when we're unable to commit to, a, to an idea or to a path to, to resolve something, it weakens our ability to actually do so. So I think what you mentioned there was important too. You know, I chose the path and I said, I'd rather move and fix this by moving than by sitting down and being unable to move. And so I think in life, we have those those forks in the road where we have to determine, you know, are we gonna go right or are we gonna go left? And, and you know, you gotta do your research. And I think the second point that I really see with what you were breaking up is, you know, you can have experts, you can have people that will always be smarter, more educated, and more knowledgeable in the field than you are in everything that you do. But at the end of the day, you have to be the one that also does their own research, that understands what they're getting into, that understands what's going on around them, right? It's your responsibility to be aware as an individual. And I think you assuming that responsibility being like, hey, I'm not a doctor, but this is my health. This is my body on the line. I got to do something about it. it. It accounts for a level of personal accountability that says, you no, know, regardless of the situations, regardless of what other people are telling me, even if they might be more knowledgeable, this isn't a reality I'm willing to accept, And so I think we as individuals have to be able to accept that for ourselves. Be like, are we okay with the reality that we're in? If not, what's necessary to change it? And I think with your story, you also wove a really good path of like, you need to be able to do these things while you're learning what you want to be doing. You have to be able to stick it out. You have to be able to be tenacious. You have to be able to persist even when times are difficult. So what then I think about is when you're going through these, when you have been through these processes, and when you've been through those experiences, what was the mental side of it like? Like, what were the thoughts going through your head, as you kind of, you know, went on this journey of researching and discovering, as well as, you know, responding to the no's that everyone else was really saying to you?
0: Well, it was almost, it was almost out of, like, necessity, because, like I said, I'd had i just been forced retirement. To, I'd just been forced into retirement from professional sport. Now, I thought you know I was gonna be I was gonna be more successful than I was. I was obviously a, I was at the top of the game for a, a good while, but never really achieved what I wanted to in the game. But um, obviously I had to pull out because of injury. Um, so I'd just been thrown, and and also after I got injured, my club at the time. You know, released me for being injured, and I had to like go through a court case and had to get um, you know, some 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 money some money back, which obviously was not nowhere near what I was 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 contracted to, and that took a bit of a, a toll on me mentally because it was just like a bit of a kick in the face after you know service to the game and things, and they just drop you like a stone when, you, when, you, when you're at your, like, your weakest, your lowest point because you're injured and they've, they've, they've forced, they've made you get an operation whereby, you know, you might not have needed, essentially. So I wasn't in a, mentally I was a little bit broken and damaged straight after rugby. So um, I went into a bit of a, um, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely say self-destructive mode for, for, a, for a good while. Um, I have uh, AD, adult ADHD which I found out and they uh, I had medication and basically what what I was doing was I was drinking too much and then I was taking these medication to, to mask a hangover the next day. So basically I ended up in this downward spiral and uh, at the time I'd set up a, um, a gym with one of my friends as well so basically I was like trying to spin all these plates. I just had a newborn baby his name's Atlas as well, one of the reasons why uh, I wanted to do this. Um, yeah, so I had a newborn baby, my wife had just got diagnosed with cervical cancer and I had this the business with this friend who was a uh, classic narcissistic trait personality guy and um, just basically screwed me over and I didn't have the paperwork in place and so I lost the money that I did get from rugby um, and down, down the drain in this business whilst my wife's ill and whilst I have a newborn baby, it was like, my head was just spinning and I just thought this is the this is difficult so so those two years where I was having these mental health issues and and my I was having these pains after in this house and want to realize it was all all interweaved obviously it was a it was it was a solace for me to realize that I wasn't just going insane because I'm not really an insane person I'm not really one of these people who actually just self-destructs but the um one of the symptoms of 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 mold toxicity is like almost the, It's there's a lot of brain fog and there's a lot of mental um, like basically basically mental symptoms that you can get. So you can almost have like borderline schizophrenia kind of act- symptoms. Which I I I started to have weird hallucinations and obviously I don't know whether that was down to you know burning the candle at both ends too much as well, which it probably was. But at the same time, I was still having making some very odd decisions and do being being a pretty rash when I'm not I'm I'm quite a um, methodical thinker and I tend not to be rash and I was just making odd decisions so in going back to your question I was at a really strange point in my life like a lot of negative things were happening so and I did self-destruct for a while but then I got to that point where all these things kind of happened at once and I was just like I can't continue down this path of self-destruct debauchery kind of actions that i was going to and then i i realized that i've got more wife and kids to look after myself and more than more importantly i've got to look after number one like they say in an airplane look you know look after your own seatbelts and you before you before you look after anyone else and that's kind of the the notion that came to my head was i've got the only way i'm going to get out of this if i start to like really look after me and like discover how i can recover me so that's that was the the, the the point like the the ignition point of like why i wanted to get out of that, that that path and then like we said before all the events that happened with the test and all these things that just like kind of coincisted and happened after so so yeah it's it's just it was the reason i was so driven was because i had no other choice in no in a sense it was either succumb to Pain, suffering, anguish, and I didn't see any way out of that. I just felt like I, re- I played it through my head over and over again, and all I could see was me just going worse and worse into a, a, a downward spiral of uh, self, basically self, self-medication, self-harm in terms of mental and, and stimulants and whatnot and, and alcohol and then and, and i just didn't see a way of me getting my health and fitness and life back in a, in any normal fashion that i was going to get my health back so yeah i just had no other choice in a, in a sense but obviously I, you do have choices but the choice was for me to get out of this mess myself and yeah that's what i did i mean it's taken a good few years but i, I've, I've, I finally feel like i've um, got my feet back and i've just had this operation Whereby they did remove four centimeters of bone <laughs> from my hip, so it was worse than they actually thought. So, um, yeah, uh, I feel like that was it was just me getting out of, of a situation. There was there was no other there was no there was no other way.
1: The interesting thing about it too is I think we just talked about like the fork in the road and like having those two decisions, but a lot of people have sometimes those moments where everything seems to be stacked against them. Right? You had a moment of of where the world just wasn't aligning with you. I mean, you had a lot of things going wrong. And I think that's the point where you kind of have like that burden of responsibility, but even that burden of just being, right? You know, like you're in this place, you're existing, but you're having all these issues coming up. And I think it comes to this place where it's like, you're looking at yourself and you don't know what to do. I mean, you know, you talked about, you know, at first it was really bad. And I think at one point you get faced with that decision where you can either embrace the struggle and see how you're going to come on top or it's kind of just like pitting yourself and staying in that pity. You know, I've always said that it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay there. And so I think it's, it's having that conscious and even more than conscious, a willing incentive and decision to move out of that, to put yourself in a place where you can help others. Because again, like you said, you got to put yourself first. And it's not, And it's not because of a selfish sense, but it's like, how can you hope to serve and help others if you can't even help yourself? So I think it's like once you put yourself in a place to help others, by making sure that you're taking care of number one, that's you, you're putting everyone else in a better position because you're in a better position. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing that you said there. And it's, it's very important to unpack, you know, that willingness to accept the responsibility. And, you know, like you said, we always have choices and you could have had the choice of just staying where you were but you your choice was to eliminate other possibilities your choice was to double down on where you wanted to go because you because you knew it was the right call for you. And so I think it's also that decisiveness to be able to, to make that call and to say, you know, regardless of the struggle, regardless of this pain, or this temporary feeling that I'm going through, I'm going to make this work. And I think that devotion to that ideal is what makes it what's what makes you capable of getting out of that situation. Mm
0: -hmm. and hopefully other people can you know use use my story and obviously if anyone wanted to ask me about it and stuff like that and and use it as inspiration to help them there is not because people look at me and and looked at me even then when um i was in a bad place and like i was i was i was i was pretty much like you know like i said drinking too much and just you know burning the candle at both ends and basically No one knew though, no one knew, like, because I I, I was, I'm one of them people who could completely, you know, act normal and make it seem as if everything's going sweet, but in 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 my head and behind these eyes, I was in turmoil, do you know what I mean, and I'm I'm pretty, but no one would ever know, and that's why I think that like, um, you know, there's a lot of people who are able to, to do that, and it's like, and that's why there's... Is a huge thing about obviously mental health within within men it's the biggest killer in in, in under 40s i think it is because people just st- stay behind those those glazed eyes and just other people don't know and are un- are unaware of how you know how how much anguish or pain that person's stuff are going through and they're able to just hide it hide it hide it until one day they just snap and i like I said, there was no choice for me. Like you keep going down into a, a, a spiral. That's you end up closer and closer to that outcome, essentially, because you're just going into a, a, a downward spiral. And there's no there is you feel like there's no way out. And I think that's where people get to. This. They just don't. Like I was I was listening to someone the other day, and basically the um, I think he was a singer of some sort. But anyway, he was at the point he didn't say he was talking about obviously mental health and suicide and things. And I don't I think he got to the point where it wasn't that he wanted to end his life, it was more the fact that he wanted to not wake up tomorrow. It wasn't, he wasn't even scared of his life ending, but he just couldn't be bothered with what he had to face with the next day. So I kind of understand where he's like, kind of coming from in that sense. And like, there's there's a, the reason I bring it up is because there's a part of me that goes, y- you have some weird feelings and thoughts, and part of me that went, God, I can't be bothered with the next day. And again, like there was kind of a point in my head where I go, why, what, what, where's that coming from? Like that's that's dark. You know you go you go into you going going beyond a point of, I don't just I don't I don't, I don't just want to like be, you know I don't I don't just want to have tomorrow. But then you you you, you starting to have these dark thoughts. Then you you can you kind of then look look over your shoulder and like wake up and you've got you've got your wife your family or your kids or obviously there's another situation you might have a different circumstance. But I was there obviously with my wife and my son and. People might you you just think to yourself that's like completely a selfish selfish like thought, but you know I'm 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 probably not the first person. I won't be definitely won't be the last person who have had these kind of crazy thoughts. But then people then carry on and carry on and carry on to the nth degree and end up you know this that's 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 how, that's how it metastasizes and grows and just becomes a becomes an absolute, a, a terrible issue. I've I've like I said I've got I've got family sorry friends. In, in the industry in sport and who have who've who you know, ended their lives because they they got no one to speak to and and, and being a sportsman, I think it's it's more prevalent in sport as well because, you know, like you're at you're at this alpha side of the spectrum and you you there's there's hardly anyone to speak to. There's a lot it's a lot better these days but you do feel like there's um this definitely definitely you still you still don't know even, even though there is channels to speak to people and there is like ways to, to 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 get help it's it's that first talking about it that because you talk about something um, and I'm, I'm not talking about me I'm talking about someone else who was pretty close to me if you don't speak about it or try and speak to the right person about it it just gets laughed at like so you just get it just people just go oh what are you' on about it, you're joking are you, mate like they don't they don't want to accept that burden of your admittal to feeling vulnerable they just don't want to ha- have that on on their shoulders as well that's why a lot of people like kind of fob these things off because the, uh, there was there was like a, I was I was watching a thing the other day again about on I think it was online and it was some guy some woman had had a car crash and they were trying to like rescue them and it took like this one person to get out the car but for, for a long while people were just driving around this accident and just letting it happen like it takes that one person to to, to you know to get the to, to to start the process start the flow of everyone else you know they then then follow you've got you've got to be that you've got to be that shoulder to ground to and, and be willing to listen in order to then you know help that person again going back to some of the principles that I think about when I'm, when I'm coaching people and like my style of coaching and like it's, it's holistic performance and lifestyle coaching so like I'm, I tend to really dig deep in people's psyche and as well as, as their you know the fitness and health and the nutrition because it's just as important to, to, to health it's not just about okay I can you know lift this much weight I can sprint this far I can run this distance xyz it's it's more it's more to do with the the whole the the, the holistic uh, you know p- point of view from the from from every single environmental social you know you, it's it, your happiness your, your family the your, every your, every your work colleagues your your, your goals your, your your life's path you've got all these all these factors that kind of coalesce and then become you know the the, the, the happiness essentially and most people are just trying to that's, that's that's most people well that, that, I believe that should be most people's goals like you know the goal of happiness the goal of feeling content and and blissful from time to time you know and um, that's what you you kind of strive for and that's that's kind of I think that should be the goal of, of most people obviously the people and if they don't have at least a certain direction or path to get that way then um, you know, that's when people start to come unstuck, or they might not even know that they need to get to that point in the life yet. But from just changing a few habits, from negative type habits to positive habits, then they start to feel like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling better in myself, feeling better in my mind, feeling better in my body. Now I can start to look at what I want long term, not just short-term. short term. Short. I have this kind of expression is like um short term get short term gain, long term pain. Now that's like kind of following the dopamine kind of path of your what what you kind of wanna crave for, what your body's set up to look for. Like you know, people uh, there's a huge there's a huge um, uptake on vape pens that have everywhere. Everyone seems to have a vape pen these days, and that kind of instant gratification of the the kind of the having that nicotine hit straight away. Like you see people just like obviously even see kids having them these days. But it's that kind of short term pain, short term gain, long term pain. You just you just always putting off the the work and the effort that you need and a not allowing your dopamine to be rewarded for doing some hard work some good work some some exercise you know some some uh, reading research something that dopamine doesn't really be isn't isn't prone to be released for your dopamine doesn't necessarily it's, it doesn't necessarily release for Hard work because we're so pre-programmed these days through social media scrolling, instant gratification, like um, instant gratification habits. Like like I said, vaping. Uh, you know, I don't know fast food eating, junk food eating, scrolling. Like I said, all these all these all these um, habits that you gain pushes away that mechanism of dopamine release from your brain for what seem mundane tasks: reading a book, going for walks. Um, and doing hard work, you know, research and lifting weights or going for a run or have, spending time with family because most of us are, and even kids and everyone these days, are completely fixated by, by screens and that, that instant gratification of that screen pushes your want to do something hard away and makes it feel more difficult. So like my remedy, what I do when I take people away on like retreats is completely take phones off, off everyone and just it make people get back to kind of a uh, almost I'm not I don't like to say the word primal because I don't like that word and because the you know liver king and everyone you overuse these these terms but it's it's more just modern day kind of modern day man meets old school human genetics you don't want to you don't want to be stuck in front of your, your phone all if, if you're going to come on a retreat you're going to come try to balance and reset you don't want to be sat in front of a screen that's triggering these dopamine releases so you don't want to actually enjoy the work of what you're going to do to in order to get to baseline
1: yeah i mean there's a lot there's a lot that i can see to unpack and you know i mean you just mentioned something about like archaic or just even like paleolithic style of, of living where you go back to what's What's known and what's what's been good for us, right? The things that are most beneficial for our well-being and for our mindfulness. Um, but to even touch back to what you were mentioning earlier about the about the dark sides, a lot of people, well, almost, everyone has those those thoughts because that's how the brain operates in reality. And that that school of thinking that people can go down is is nihilism, right? Is this belief that there's no point in existence, there's no reason to live. And so those thoughts stem from that, you know, why should I wake up tomorrow? Why should I have to do this? And so people can get into a dark place, especially if something's gone wrong or whatever they're trying to do in life, it just isn't working. And so the nihilistic tendency is just, you know, you go down the rabbit hole of, again, life has no meaning. Life doesn't have a purpose. There's no reason for existence. I'm just here. And so you can go down that spiral hole. And the reason people do is because when the mind faces the fact that it could be so alone and it's such an in- insignificant thing among everything that's going on, right? The chaos of the world, but the chaos of the cosmos themselves. That's where the you get the the meaning of nihilism. Um, and so the combat of that is you mentioned that you should that people should you know strive for happiness, strive for some joy or, or some pleasure and and some goodness in life. That's a school of philosophy that's been used called um, Epicureanism. So it's you know the pursuit of happiness, the pursuit of of joy and of pleasure and of things, and things of that nature. And so, again, the way you combat those dark feelings is you have to have something to turn to, a family, a purpose, something you love, that there's a reason you would want to get out of bed and not stay in it. And so when you talk about that idea, you really have to double down and, again, understand what it is. You know, I'm, I come from the Stoic school of philosophy, so our thing is you know, it's all about an internal locus of control, not an external But what gets me up out of bed is a purpose, something that's bigger than my life. And so that, for me, is something that, even though I know the dark thoughts are there sometimes, they don't bother me, not anymore, because I understand why I'm here, and I love doing what I do. And so, as a byproduct, the way that those dark thoughts are handled, they're very, they're quieted, right? You never, you never overcome your demons, you just learn how to live with them. And I think you don't even have to hate them being there anymore because there, there's always a reminder of of there's, there's a good reason why you do what you do. And I think people that walk in their purpose, that walk in that sort of light, they're able to really figure out like, hey, regardless of how things may seem, I know what I'm doing is true to me. And, you know, I think you can attest that you're in a much better place than you were then, not only because of obviously things changing, but I think you're discovering more of everything that's happened to you has happened for you. As difficult as it may seem, as strugglesome and as burdensome as it may have been, you're now the man that you need to be because of what you went through in the past.
0: Mm, definitely, I think it brings on to the, the, the point like the obstacle is the way, <laughs> you know. You, you basically, you, 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 you have these obstacles. I, I kind of use the kind of analogy that you, we're all this piece of clay on a spinning top um, and I don't know if anyone's used this kind of uh, this 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 before. I've I just I've said it to a few people, and it's um kind of a say to a, a few of my clients, and basically we're all just this clay on a on a spinning top, and without stress pressure, the right stress and pressure from you know equal amounts on either side, you're never going to be a, a a beautiful clay pot. You're never going to be formed. You're just going to be this 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 piece of clay that's just spinning around out, out of control on on this on this disc. And that's what I kind of you know feel that like life is. You know you got you've got these, you have all these stresses, you have all these strains, and sometimes is you know sometimes if you've not had the challenges and the, the these these pressures to 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 kind of mould yourself and you know in, and and then put yourself in the, in in the furnace to to, to bake you you're not gonna become this rounded or this this pot that you need to beat in order to you know su- support your family to. To be a good dad or to be a good mom or to, to to just to just succeed whatever your date and point of success is in your life you you, you need those tools you need though you need those pains you need those stresses to, to to almost adapt and thrive you know you need to you need to have you need to have that you need to have that challenge and like like going back to i think why i was able to do that it's because of, of, of my professional sporting background simply you know you, you put through you put through the fire on on a weekly basis, on a daily basis. You've got to do all these fitness challenges, and you've just got to have a certain level of mental toughness to to, to come out the other side and to be a, a professional sportsman. And I think that that's why it lends lends me well to that kind of situation because I just think you know there's like like I said, there's no other way out and. You have to if you have these stresses and and you have these obstacles then you've just got to use that to 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 hop over to use as a as a pole vault or whatever you want to do it's it it is an obstacle you either use it as a tool or you know sit in front of it and let life get the better of you
1: yeah and go and going back to your point earlier and then what you just mentioned too especially for athletes and people that in just in general perform at such a high level there's a lot of factors that you're considering that are Usually a little more extreme because obviously if you're, a, you're an athlete, you know, you're, you're part of a very small amount of people. Um, one, it's the high performance, right? You're, you're expected to perform at a very high level that doesn't only require the full attention of the body but requires the focus of the mind too, right? You have to be so immersed in what you're doing. And that can take a toll because it's a level of, of dedication too but a level of focus and a level of commitment which does tire the brain out. And the second part too is once you get to that point – You're also representing, you know, a team, you're representing a club, whatever you play for. And with that comes the attention. And with the attention comes the people and with the people comes, you know, the voices, because what happens is they support you when you're doing well, but they're also going to be there when you're not. And so while it is a method of accountability, it can make a very big struggle for resolving your own problems, like you know, if you if you if you're playing a pro sport and you're going through something, you can't just do a press release because the fans aren't going to be like, oh, we're here for you. A lot of times they might kind of again, like you said, they they might laugh at you, be like, you're not supposed to be, you know, feeling this. You're an athlete. Like, get back on track. And so I think it's even more important so for those kinds of people, the the high performers, to have, and if it's if we if we're talking about us, like men, have that tribe of men have those guys that you not only can connect with, but two, you're, you're like-minded in a sense. Like you, you're you're in similar positions in a mindset sort of idea where you can tell them what you're going through. Because you tell me a struggle, I can get what you're going through because there's most likely something I can think about that I've been through. So it's like that relatability, not necessarily in what happened, but the understanding of why it happened, that's the part where you have to be like, okay, where can I go to these guys? Where can I plug in? Where can I tap into these communities? And I can talk to these guys that will get me, that will be there, tell me things as they need to be said, right? They're not going to sh- tell me a sugar coated reality, but at the same time, they're there for my benefit. Because a lot of times, too, the intentions also matter a lot. So, you know, if you have people that are willing to listen and willing to lend you a shoulder, and then you do the same for them, you're, 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 empowering a strong community and a strong sense of like loyalty. But if you know you have the intentions of someone that they just want to, you know, use you for whatever or they don't really care about the person you are, a lot of things can change. And I think another thing too that that we didn't necessarily exactly mention, but it is a cause is these situations can place a lot of people in desperate situations. And when people are in desperate situations, they can sometimes do things that they don't want to be doing or they can relate, not relate, they can um, go to something that maybe isn't the healthiest. You mentioned substances, but more than substances, you can even talk about people, right? Some people in a desperate situation, because of the stress and struggles you're placed under, they might go towards bad relationships, bad friendships, things that can be even more detrimental. So like you said, momentum's a two-way street. While it can help you go to where you wanna be, it can also be a huge spiral downward. So I think it's also like keeping aware of like where I'm at. And again, too, like if if you're having these dark thoughts, it's you got to put a stop to it because everything can be a catalyst and you're just going to keep going until you be like, you know, you have to have, and I've always called it self-respect. You know, self-respect is keeping promises to yourself, but it's also when can you put yourself in check? You know, for me, a great example of self-respect is like if I have an obligation to something, but I'm not feeling like it, Self-respect is telling that feeling, I understand what I'm feeling, but that's not the priority, right? I can't let this temporary feeling control a permanent decision. So self-respect is saying that, like, you know, I might be feeling this way, but that's no reason for me to act this way. I might be feeling desperate, but I'm not going to be talking to people that aren't good for me. So it's holding yourself to a standard in all regards. And I think that's something that's so key that for a lot of high performers, it's hard to get. Because again, if you're an athlete and you're a high performer a lot of times you start out young, right? Because you're trying to be in the prime of when your body's in the prime. And so your mind's still developing. And, I, and I, I mean, I've talked to a lot of athletes and the mental part is almost number one on the things they'll struggle with, right? Even the people that are good enough to go at pro, a lot of them don't make it because they don't have the mental strength to get there. And, st- and mental strength is always misunderstood. People think mental strength are like, oh, they don't, you know, they're stoic or they don't have emotions. They can just get there, whatever. No, it's like mental strength is, is understanding that your mind is only a part of you. And you can place control over your mind. But if your mind controls you, you're never going to be at the level you need to be. And you can also go down those dark paths as well.
0: Mm. Yeah, and, I, and kind of riffing off what you said, I think that um, you, with the, the mental mental like kind of the, the mental toughness kind of things is in especially in in my case and in, and in a lot of people's cases the the fact that you need to have some sort of mentor to to look up to or to follow uh, who's been there before and can reassure you that these things are normal this this hasn't happened because like in my case I came from my dad was a footballer, but not a, um, as in a, a soccer player. But he um, he got to a certain level and then never kind of got to the to the full to the full professional level, and so he had this kind of like um, bitterness to kind of the sport and bitterness to sport in a sense and a bitterness to the world in in a in a way, and. Um, he he obviously did okay, and but then he his 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 mentality and kind of what transpired to me. I don't know if he had this made had this intention. I think if he if he listens to this, he will probably be wanting a clip me around the ear. But um, he kind of passed on this feeling of uh, that that he he didn't like the world owed him something in a sense, like the world owed him because he didn't quite make it because he had X, Y, Z going on, or he, he decided to, to, to follow his education. And he you know he, he had a few reasons of why, why he didn't make it, but he felt like the sport deserved him, uh, him to have this, uh, to, to be up there and to be professional. So then when my time came around and I was you know faced with similar challenges, when people are putting you down daily, you're not gonna do this, you're not gonna do that. Um, he, his his attitude was still like oh well you know I, I, he was a bit like you know you, you just sometimes don't make it in these situations and I, and it stuck with me <laughs> to, you know all the way through our like kind of career and it was because like i after especially after I left and I realized that i made some daft decisions and and, I, and I've, you know I should, I, I should have stayed a little bit more stoic in certain situations and I should have just cracked on but with 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 the job at hand and but there was times when i decided against that and it was kind of influenced by the fact that my dad was like don't his, his advice was don't 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 accept what they're saying to you he was a bit a bit more confrontational and then it kind of rubbed off on me and it didn't go down well with certain situations in my career and what going back to what i was saying is you should have a mentor who's been there before because Obviously, my dad was in professional sport, well, he was at the, the cusp of professional sport, but he was in a different sport, and the world had changed, and the dynamic had changed, and he wasn't, it was a whole almost, you know, uh, a generation on, kind of, so he, it was 30-odd years on, so he, he kind of, like, didn't, it didn't really fit with his, his 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 idea of what to, to said. was probably in good faith, but it didn't rub off well with the people that I was kinda of trying to say it to. So what I was trying to get back to is yeah or what you what you said before, but then also you should have guidance and a mentor who had been there before in terms of in your sport for professional athletes because there's times there's going to be times when you're going to get told that you're not good enough and there's going to be times when you got your peers are going to say you're not good enough there's going to be times that you read something on social media that says you're not good enough or clips of a video that says you're you're terrible and xyz and you start to believe these things if you if you put too much attention to it so i was kind of just wanted to riff off that and say that you know if there is a like people who who would be in that realm of being young and potentially going into sport then yeah just make sure you have someone who's got a, a strong mindset and has been kind of lived these challenges before and kind of knows what to do in those situations because most of the time it is a case of having that stoic attitude of you know go dust yourself off and focus on the job at hand tomorrow there's a, it's a new day tomorrow like things things that have happened today are, are, are finished today just, just kind of forget about them, and then bring you 100% to tomorrow, and absent, absent of whatever's been said, absent of what people think of you, absent of what what performance has happened to you. And, and a lot of the time, in my case, I, I, t- I tended to dwell on poor performance and not congratulate success because I was, I was, I was massively successful in a lot of the things that I did. I was. A top try, top try scorer in the whole comp one year. I was a, te- a player of the of the decade in, for a team in one for for one team, and it's like I never even thought about that at the time. But only in retrospect afterwards to think, oh, that was actually quite a good achievement. But at the time, I didn't even think anything of it because I was so hung up on the negative uh, comments from my peers, from the fans, from my my director, and from my coach at the time because there was certain things going on that. I won't. I can't. I can't really mention on, on on a public platform. But there's certain things going on, and 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 I just I just took I just I just took all the negative and didn't see any of the of the of the green shoots and the you know the good things that were happening to me. So yeah, going back, I think that a mentor who's been there and done it before is massively vital, and you know something that everyone should have.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it always goes back to the point of, you know, you got to protect what you're consuming because what you're consuming is going to influence your thoughts and how you how you see things. Um, but even more so, you talked about the mentors, it's, it's even going back to the people. Like the people you're surrounding yourself with, they're going to influence you way more than you think. So, you know, if you're having people that, you know, don't think they can do things or, you know, they're not pursuing what they actually love. Regardless of what you're doing, it's gonna rub off on you. you know? And so it puts you in a dangerous position, which is, you know, you gotta understand, are these people, people I wanna be with right now, or are these people not gonna take me or are these people gonna take me away from what I wanna be doing? Um, and then to your point about, you know, the performers and, and, and athletes and, you know, having those moments, a lot of times too, it's hard, you know, you have those people that one don't really recognize what they're doing because they're so caught up in, in what's next, which, you know, I'm guilty of most, most often than not. Then you have the other people that are, you know, they're blinded by the negativity that's going on that they can't see the positive that's going on. Right. You know, you see these comments and you can't really see the the wins because you're so focused up on, on the other stuff. So I think it's also, again, you're protecting your mind by, by what you're consuming and, and what you're surrounded by as well. You know, with the mentors, it's always understanding, you know, these, these guys create blueprints. Mentors are people that have done things, right? They, they've experienced things. So what's a blueprint? It's experience packed down into the lessons that you can learn, which gives you an advantage because you don't have to go through all those years of what they did. And now you start on the shoulders of their mistakes. Um, so it is very powerful for a lot of people. And in terms of guidance too, it allows you to, to see things from someone that already been through the experience, which a lot of times can help with the emotional aspect. And then and even to reference the stoic aspect, a lot of people still get that aspect wrong. You know, they don't get what it means. And stoic isn't about having emotions. It's about using them. You know, it's it's about feeling them, understanding them, and then putting them in their place. You know, emotions are something to recognize. Emotions are something to to understand where they're coming from because they are reactions to what you're thinking and what's going on. But at the same time, they're not command orders. They're not signals for you to change necessarily what you're doing in the moment. It may be a course correction, sure. But if you have a job to do, if you have a duty to do, you can feel bad about it. But that doesn't mean you should go sit and not do it. You know, you can feel stressed about something, but you have an obligation to do it. And so I think it's like, are you able to set aside how you feel for what's right? And I think what people mess up is they try to ignore how they feel. Instead of, Understanding they ignore because it it takes less work. And so I think when you get to that point where you can say, All right, I'm feeling this way, I'm feeling this way, where's that coming from? Then you kind of find the origin. Okay, you got the origin. After you have the origin, you're like, Okay, how am I gonna deal with this? Okay, you figure out the solution, okay, solutions there. Can I do that right now? No, I got a game to do. All right. The solution, I know what I have to do and I'm gonna do it. But right now, it's time to lock in, you know. I might be feeling tired. I might be feeling angry or upset, but right now it's time to win. And so I think it's, and you mean, obviously it's easiest with like the athlete analogy because, you know, you're, you're competing to, to win in a, in a score-based game, but even in life, you know, it's just saying there's things that take precedent. There's things that take priority. And if, and if you're allowing, you know, the, the decision-making to be so emotional, your priorities aren't going to be, aren't going to be acknowledged and they're not going to be respected by your emotions
0: and I definitely think that it's more vital for the people who aren't athletes to be honest because at least if you're an athlete you've got a certain set of you've got a certain set of targets to hit weekly, daily your, your, your kind of life's mapped out for you in that sense so you kind of have to hit these targets, hit these goals whereas if you've not come through that kind of system and you've not been through sport in, in general or some some sort of competitive aspect in your life and you've, you're one of these people who've got to Almost middle age, and like most of my clients in general are, are of this ilky They they've 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 just got to a point in their lives where they think, what what is the game that I'm playing? What is what am I what am I kind of doing? How do I how do I see purpose in in this moment? And part of that is people coming come coming with issues, maybe ailments, maybe tra- trauma, maybe you know being out of shape and just wanting wanting a start those um, baby steps to, to to finding that purpose and I think like going back to going back to it it, it is it is more important for those for, for the for the everyday person because at the end of the day everyone lives in this reality so you, you can't just because you're not an athlete or because you're not a high performer and but you still you still you're still a human being and you're still living in this 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 reality that we're, that we're all in so you've got a Make you know make haste while 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 you can you got to you got to find a purpose and find a path. Even more so if you're not go, if you're not in that high performing and you not had that you've not had that pathway because it's always, obviously it is it is hard work to be a, an athlete and stuff. But then you've got this this kind of you know you have already been given this early life you know challenges and these 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 m o s you know modus operandi of how you how you act. How how you behave and how you behave in the world and everything to me feels like a challenge or a game. It's it's like I have after I finished rugby, I I had like I said I had this downward spiral. But then to get myself out there, like you were saying before, I think about um, having targets and goals and and set setting, setting things in 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 the future. I I started to run even though I was told not to. i I I started to run ultra marathons for charity because. They said, "Don't do it," you know, and and it, it was something that was in the diary six months ahead that made me think, well, okay, I, I've got to be accountable." That's what you were saying, accountability. I've got to be accountable. I have to be accountable. Um, and if I put this, I've put myself on a public forum and say I'm going to do this for a charity that's bigger than me, and it's it's personal to to me. I did it for the MND MND Motor Disease Foundation because um, a couple of players who I played rugby with have, have suffered from multiple post post post-rugby um and my my great nan she she passed of of Mourney, so i've i've run i ran the full width of uh, england which is hadrian's wall um 70 73 miles and i did it because and like you said putting things in the diary because it's, it was makes me accountable and there was it, at that point in my life when i was like in a bit of a downward spiral i i I'd, I'd, I'd kind of figured out that i wanted to get out of this path and i wanted to do something else but that was one of the first things i did i did that and i booked a triathlon and I thought to myself, no matter what, I'm going to be turned up with that start line. There's not a chance that I won't be there because I've told everyone I'm going to be there. And I think that that comes from the sporting side of things. But then again, when I coach people, I I, te- I tell them the kind of a, a, a bit of a unique aspect of what I do. I say, right, if you're going to come with me, because a lot of people have these like cycles of twelve weeks and whatnot. But I don't I don't really believe in that. But essentially, what I say is like, right, okay, let's book something in the diary. We're going to do a. We're gonna we're gonna do a, a triathlon, a run, a 10k, a 5k. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna depending on fitness level or whatever, we're gonna put something in in the diary that that seems impossible for you right now, but 12 weeks time you will be doing it. And we're gonna tell your family, we're gonna tell your friends, we're gonna invite them down. We're gonna make sure that you're accountable. That that even if you're not doing a competition where you're gonna to pay to go and enter this team this race, we're gonna get your family down on the beach or gonna get your family down to wherever to to watch you succeed in 12 weeks time or five weeks time or what three months four months six months whatever it is whatever the the timeline is we're going to get you make sure that you're accountable make sure that you're working towards it so that the people around you generate this you generate that feeling that you get when you're playing professional sport of okay I've got to do this for me I've got to do this for the family I've got to do this for friends I've got to do this to not look like an idiot as well so I generate this kind of a bit of a just a, a sense of feeling like what you're doing is worthwhile not just ticking a box of yes I've gone to the gym say, whereas that is good too but at least you, you're working towards a bigger you and making sure that it's measurable you started off here and you end here and then everyone's happy <laughs> even if you don't make the whole challenge because usually I'll set something that's a little bit outlandish because I tend to set things that are, are daft Like coming up in the next few uh, hopefully I'm, I'm going to start doing some podcasts and fundraising to, to carry a um, a full, fully weighted stretcher, which is 100 kilos, with one of my friends who was in the military to to signify of um, some of his friends who passed and never never got uh, rescued from the battlefield, and then also for some of the people who I played rugby with who unfortunately lost, left, took their lives or some friends lost their lives, and, and these things. So we was gonna, we're gonna we're gonna we're just planning it in the minute, but we're gonna carry a fully weighted stretcher and um, we, we're we throwing out stupid figures like you know uh, 50 miles of a fully weighted stretcher which is uh, he said 10 miles is pretty much impossible because he was in the sas kind of system and he said that that's almost impossible so i said well let's just like triple it and see what happens and we're meant to be doing it in peru in altitude so all these things all these factors are trying to make it like it's so challenging and so impossible but this is what i kind of do because if it feels impossible and it feels like you're not going to do it and you turn up and then you just keep keep turning up and keep keep chipping away at it. You'll get there eventually. It might take it might take us eight weeks, it might take us ten weeks, I don't care, but I, I will get there. I will, we will do it and I will it will be a success. And like I do with my clients, they think it's impossible. I'll set someone a 10k who's never ran before and then they'll 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 do it. Even if they start walking, they'll they'll do it and that's that's, that's the, the power of the human mind. You can you can overcome anything and whatever you think you can't do and whatever you think you're gonna stop times it by about 10 and then you're probably about right.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's one how you see realistic versus, you know, outlandish goals. But I think at the second time too, if you're able to take just progress towards a goal as the positive takeaway, not necessarily the accomplishment of a goal, you put yourself in a powerful, powerful position when you set bigger goals. You know, there's always a saying you could shoot for the stars, you land on the moon while everyone else is shooting for the sky and they land on a skyscraper, right? The moon's obviously going to be better. Um, but then it's also, how do you, how do you visualize it too? you know, people that see the goal as the, uh, as the end all be all, well then, you know, if you don't accomplish the goal, you're a failure. That's the way they see it. But if you're someone that's like, no, I'm going to push myself, test myself and set the, the highest standard and go for the highest I can possibly reach. Well, you might not reach that high, but you might make it pretty close. And that's surprising yourself. And that's believing in yourself. Like, wow, I made it all the way this. And that was what I said, you know, so I think it's, the way you see it is incredibly important, but again, to your point, you know the mind's capable of a lot of great things, unimaginable things. But it only depends; it's always limited by. You know, they always say imagination, but that's true. It's limited by by what you believe to be possible, not necessarily what is possible, right? You can. There's people that have survived and overcome and done incredible things that no one would ever dreamed of doing, but it was because they had the belief to do so. I mean, you talk about. I don't know how long it was before no one thought you could break a four-minute mile. One person broke it, and, like, the next five years, you had, like, all these record settings. It wasn't that suddenly we just got super advanced in running. No, one person believed they could do it. They did it. Then other people realized it wasn't impossible anymore. They already had the ability to do it. They just didn't believe in themselves. So it's, it's an important thing to recognize, and it's something that... Again, and it carries over into all aspects, not just physical, not just mental, but in relationships and everything. You know, what you believe to be possible can be possible. And just as the positive things can be possible, you can also bring negative things. You know, if you think something negative is happening or you see a negative aspect, you can bring that out more because your brain's now looking for it. So it's also like, what are you looking for and what are you telling your brain to cape out for? But I, again, this is this has been a fantastic conversation. I appreciate your time and so just kind of, of wrapping up and and talking about everything we've talked about today you know what are some of your takeaways what's your closing message to the people about about our discussion today
0: yeah thanks for having me on and i I'd probably just keep going back and forth for hours just uh, <laughs> saying more theories and you know c- 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 go down a few rabbit holes definitely with uh, with chance here so yeah thanks thanks for having me on but um yeah takeaways uh, obviously from from my side is um from from my from my experience over the last few years, it, especially like going through a huge dip, is essentially just just riding that, riding that, riding it out, and knowing that I know that like a lot of people had the same experience, obviously in lockdown. But finding out that I was like kind of allergic to my house, and then having these hip issues, and then having all these gut issues, and then having my wife who was ill, and then having a newborn baby all chucked in at once, and losing a business, it was like this. I, these things happen to people and um, no, obviously at certain points I, I felt like this you know i i i felt like i said we touched on it it, it was dark, a dark moment but at the, at the other side of it you know there's there's this there's, there's clarity there's no there's, there's there's a purpose there's a goal there's, there's there's a goalpost there's a there's a door that you've you've just reopened use whatever analogy you want to use but at the end of the day you've got to go through the struggles you've got to go through trauma and if you're in a place of Struggle and trauma and hardship and down there is obviously ways out and and sometimes the best way out is to speak to someone and speak to someone who's been there before like a mentor or a coach or someone who can can really help you out and find help you find that path or because sometimes you you can't do it on your own obviously I'm I'm blessed to be able to say I've done it on my own because I've I've come from such a a, a tough kind of a, a tough upbringing and a tough um. A, t- a tough work work, work career as, as a professional athlete so I, I, I'm i blessed to be able to do that on my own and but some people don't have those tools and facilities to do that so that's why a coach is, is so violent and, and like I said if you, uh, if you if everyone wants to you know get in touch with me just uh, follow me I'm most active on like social media t- Armstrong 89 and my website's tafit.co so if you want to like drop us a message or anything about what we spoke about any topics from you know gut health to coaching to fitness to uh, like I said, about red light therapy, I didn't really touch on, but anything around these uh, holistic kind of techniques and methods, then I'm more than happy to open a conversation with anyone because, uh, yeah, that's what I do and I want to help people.
1: Yeah, that's great, man. Yeah, you guys, if you're interested, please reach out. If, you know, something with a conversation really struck out with you guys, reach out, send them a message. Um, And for me, you know, just closing off, I got to say that, you know, we've talked about on the podcast, you know, what does your uniform say about you? What does the way you look say about The identity that you carry, but today I'm asking the question in reverse, you know, what is the way that you're thinking, the way that you're framing situations, saying about the way you present yourself, you know? Are your thoughts consistent with the way you look? You know, if you want to be a certain kind of person, are you thinking that way that person feels, the way that person thinks? You know, how are you adapting yourself to be the best version of yourself, to to see things from your perspective? And how are you also? Taking control of your scenarios and realizing that again, you are number one in your life You have to put yourself first. That's what the whole become the hero of your story is It's realizing that everything will happen to you and it's gonna happen for you and at the same time While these obstacles and these peoples come your way They're gonna help shape your journey into something that no one else is gonna live besides you so how are you taking advantage of the uniqueness of your life and how again are you matching your identity with the way you present yourself to the world. Gentlemen, you know how we close it off here. We said, we said, we said, he conquers who conquers himself. I will see you all in the next episode of the Gentleman's Atlas podcast. That's all for today's episode on the Gentleman's Atlas podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share this episode with someone who needs to hear this message. If you are serious about taking your life to the next level, Visit our website, www.thegentlemansatlas.com, for all our services, previous content, and full episode transcripts. We greatly appreciate your support, and we're excited to see you in the next episode.